Welcome to Color Country Politics, where we discuss all the important political issues facing Iron County, Utah. Our guests include elected officials and community leaders in or representing Iron County. This is episode 69. What's the plan, Stan? Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited to see you again. I am Jenny Hendricks. I am here with my fabulous co-host, Jesse Harris. You are watching Color Country Politics, the episodes that are increasingly more random, but always relevant. Welcome back. Today, I am so excited because I'm sure you've heard uh, Cedar City is in the middle of an update for the city's general plan. So, Against all odds, we have got Mike and Ryan here because they are so busy and so overwhelmed, but they are just so knowledgeable. And and Mike and Ryan are the guys who are kind of leading the city, leading the steering committee through this process of updating the general plan. So really quickly, Mike Hansen has worked in strategy, land use, organizational development for 20 plus years. He has worked um, on the governor's cabinet, and Mike's optimization efforts led Utah to being recognized as the best managed state. Ryan is a planning consultant originally from Parowan? Another town. (laughs) Welcome home, Ryan. Uh, Passion for working with rural communities. He has worked with various government agencies, primarily in southern Utah, including multiple municipalities, as well as the Utah State Legislature. So your company is called Rural Community Consultants. Tell us just a little bit of a a background about what you do, how you got here, and and, and what what experience you've got that's helping Cedar City with their general plan. Rural Community Consultants is a small planning shop. We like to say the word agile, so we don't say small so much because I'm kind of short. But um, it's an an agile planning shop. We're a subsidiary of a larger engineering company, Jones and DeMille Engineering. They've done work all over the state for 30 some odd years. About five years ago, um, they had this idea that, that communities can build anything, but the trick is you got to build the right things first because everything's so expensive, you know, bridge versus fire station, which one do you know, which one, uh, you know, how to invest. And so they decided to kind of kickstart a uh, small consulting shop. So since that time, we've done projects in almost every county in Utah. We're in Wyoming, um, just kicking a little project off in Arizona. Um, we've done 50, believe it or not, uh, major local government planning and regulation writing kind of projects uh, in the last five years. Uh, Our big focus though is small towns with a rural feel, hence the name, Uh, because we understand that, uh, you know, there's very urban issues and you can find a a bunch of planners that understand that, specialize in that. But when it comes to rural, there's a different approach and some different things you need to know. And so that's kind of where we specialize. It's funny with Cedar City specifically, um, when we first started, they wanted to keep the rural feel, and a lot of what the work we're doing is it's very urban. It feels uh, Cedar's kind of cool. It plays both uh, sides of that. It is a cool town. You are not wrong, and and I think that that's one of the things that that as a community 
we're really sort of in the middle of processing because we are growing and we are growing rapidly, but it is so important for the members of this community really to hang on to that rural community feel, our history, what brought us here. So how do we balance, uh, you know, that, that rural heritage with the growth that, that we are experiencing and is showing no signs of slowing down. So take us through, if you could, just from like a 30,000 foot view, what is a general plan? Who cares if you have a general plan? Why do we need a general plan? What's that all about? The general plan is a requirement of state statute. So that's the easy answer. You have to have one <laughs> if you're a town. Uh, but the purpose of a general plan, it's like the, the foundation. I call it the bottom of the pyramid. It's supposed to articulate the vision of the community. And I like to say, and it's kind of tongue in cheek, but really the general plan needs to be written by the residents, if that makes sense. What do you like? What kind of neighborhoods do you want to live in? You know, that kind of stuff. So the community is supposed to be writing that. That's why we've done so much public outreach and projects like this. There's another part that most people get confused about, and that's zoning. And it, land use regulation and zoning and subdivision, all those rules, they get pretty technical. And so I know there's both public documents, but I like to look at that as these are the kind of the rules the city kind of writes. I mean, ultimately, I can say the public has plenty of input, but, but really the ordinances and such are supposed to implement the vision. So you've got, so you've got a, a, a plan. You've got a, you've got a general plan. So Cedar City has a, a general plan, and what you're saying is that general plan isn't zoning. The general right. plan is here's generally where we want commercial, or parks, or high density, or low density. So sort of laying out to your point the vision of what the the local community sees for their near future, long-term future, how long is a general plan supposed to last? Yeah, so that's a good, usually we say a lifespan is about 10 years for a general plan, um, anything, but but you're always going to want to be reviewing it. Usually it's every year, every two years, you want to be reviewing it and looking at it and making sure it's, it's current and what the community actually wants. But anything more than 10 years, we've seen some that 2002, 2001, you know, in that area that that's the last time they updated their general plan. And it's in a in a place like Cedars, but that's not Cedars. Cedars is about ten years, so they're they're right on track there. But anything more than that, your community's probably changed so much it's not it's not worth the paper it's printed on to keep using that general plan. That's really interesting because I know that that has been sort of a a bludgeon that has been used. Is you know Cedar City hasn't updated its plan since 2012, um, but you're saying that that's not really atypical. Um, that maybe maybe looking at pieces of it every year or two, or or, or do you look at the whole thing? What, what is your what do you what do you see as the most effective for cities of our size with relative to the general plan and, and keeping it current? Yeah, so how much you guys are growing? I mean, that should be reviewed quite often, and and I mean, you you don't do a, a whole new project every two years because then that's just spending a lot of money and it's probably not doing a whole lot, but yeah, I would say every, every two years, you should probably at least look at a lot of it to make sure it's still a section at a time. Chapter at a time is probably the easiest way to do it for capability wise, but it should be often just to make sure you're, you're still getting the voice of the community involved in it. 
And I'll add the, you know, as a consultant, we, if a town says, hey, rural community consultant, will you come in and help us do um, outdoor recreation or housing or, you know, like an issue? If they come in and say, we just want to tighten up this issue, that's actually very hard for our team because in a, in a city, you, if you're going to create a good plan, the left hand and the right hand have to talk to each other. You know, if you plan all these jobs and all this commercial and economic development, but you don't have housing that supports it or lines to connect those dots, it's, it's very hard. You might create a problem by solving a problem, you know. And so we like to do comprehensive uh, updates of, of community plans. That is a very well-made point and a beautiful segue into let's talk specifically about Cedar City's general plan update. And I like that you hit on some of those elements because I know in some of those in, in, in some of these <laughs> steering committee meetings, we kind of keep adding things that we should, you know, kind of pack into this this plan. We just we want to we want to include everything and have a plan for everything. So kind of talk us through where we are with Cedar City's general plan, what are the elements that are that are being reviewed and, and cut, where do we go next with all of this information? Well, that's a good one. Uh, in fact, if people want a visual to tie to that, um, go to cedarcityplan.org. And it's interesting to see because Cedar City, it's got such an involved community. It's got such a growth potential and a drive. And I know Flywheel is spinning very fast in, in uh your neighborhood, so to speak. Uh, we have, I think it's 16 distinct chapters. We try to <laughs> we try to make it a more simple update, but there are 16 separate things. So really, if a community member is concerned about the downtown, there's a chapter just about downtown. And trails became such a big issue uh, in Cedar City, it's a standalone. Now, normally when we do a general plan, trails is just part of parks and recreation and, and things like that. But it's, it's so big, it has to kind of stand alone. So that's where we're at. Um, there's a draft that is coming together of the actual plan. It's incorporated a lot of public input. Um, you know, the city mailed out, I can't remember how many thousands of flyers. And, you know, we've done surveys and open houses and, and you know, like I said, steering committee meetings and such. It's starting to come and starting to gel together into a document. But what's critical about this document, and a general plan will never be finished, um, because you can never get everybody's wishes onto the same piece of paper, <laughs> left hand and right hand. Uh, I think what you're going to see is um, it's an update to what the city had previously. But I don't, so far, I don't think that there are earth-shattering, world-changing elements of this general plan. There's a lot of refinement that needed to be made, and there's a lot of things that have happened in uh, historically that the last plan didn't even envision because it wasn't real. Short-term rentals, that wasn't even a thing 10 years ago, you know, and, and just as an example, um, there were a lot of outdoor recreation um, grant programs, didn't even exist a decade ago, um, but they're there now, and we're talking about how the city can leverage those and where um, those investments might be able to make the most impact. Yeah. I think I pulled up uh, cedarcityplan.org and, and anybody watching or listening to this podcast, if you haven't been to cedarcityplan.org, it's just a, a fire hydrant of information that, that you can start to digest if you want to weigh in on this process. So the so community vision, local economy, 
land use, infrastructure, housing, parks and rec, transportation, annexation and boundaries. That was a really fun conversation a couple mm. of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, downtown, which is something everybody knows is near and dear to my heart. Historic preservation, which kind of goes hand in hand there. Education, which is a big deal in this area. The environment, emergency preparedness, um, hello, fire safety in a drought, trails and healthcare. That is a lot to try and pack into a general plan. How, how, how does that relate to, to other plans that you see out there? Are we trying to bite off more than we can chew? Or is it is it better to kind of try and, and, and pack all of that in so we at least have a direction? Well, and, and with a lot of that stuff, the city really doesn't, I mean, it has a control, it has a say, but there's a lot of stuff like education, healthcare type stuff that isn't necessarily under the city umbrella, but the city impacts that and has such a huge, huge role in it. And where Cedar, I mean, you've got the hospital that feeds the region, that you've got SUU right there, you've got, so I, I don't know if it's biting off more than you can chew. I just think that Cedar's got a lot going on to be a rural community that would require those extra chapters and, and just to say and, and how the city can support those. And the way we're trying to do it with this plan specifically, it's it, every plan, of course, but we're trying to integrate a lot of the goals and strategies. So, for example, if we want to, under the healthcare chapter, it's we want to have um, healthy neighborhoods, you know, healthy people. Well, the city's not going to go out and, and, you know, check your pulse every day. Um, but we can tie that to maybe your local trails chapter where it's we want to have safe walks to school and, you know, that kind of thing and make it more, it facilitate an active community. So it does sound like a lot and it is a lot, but we are trying to synthesize it and uh, simplify it and just put a cap on things. Cause you can never plan everything. Um, yeah. Well, and that's why we, you know, we kind of do these updates regularly because things do change. And I think it's as rapidly as Cedar City and, and Iron County generally, this whole entire area is growing we are going to have to sort of stay on top of it and really assess what needs to be addressed as the community grows population wise and geographically as we, as we start to spread out. So. Yeah, absolutely right. Go ahead. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, that just, you bring, bring a really good thing to bear. We, we talked about that annexation discussion where we were talking about, well, how big should Cedar city ever be in it? You know, and some of it is kind of a dream, but the members in that meeting, they started to stretch the, the boundary of the city. Well, don't you think it should go this far? Well, we need more land. Interesting, because we got to probably dial it back in the plan and say, if you had that much land and if you built it all out, do you have the water that can do that? You know, it's another issue on this side that you got to make sure there's these trade-offs. And, Could you and keep so up on the roads? Could you keep up on, you know, yeah. all that other stuff? And like I was saying, Cedar's kind of an interesting place because it's it's really the hub of that area. Yeah. I I was just in Perilyn this last weekend. I grew up there. If you, the majority of things you go to Cedar to do. If I crashed my car, I couldn't go to you know the Paraguna Hospital there or Enoch or you know I'd I'd have to go to Cedar in most cases to do that. So we talk about expanding, you know, the land use. What are the the ramifications of that? But also you're you're such a major player in the region that it's hard to. Hard not to say, okay, we've got to keep those in, not just for the Cedar residents, but for those outside of Cedar as well that rely so heavily on the town. 
Yeah, that's a well-made point. So we're talking about the Cedar City general plan, but a lot of, of what happens in Cedar City is really affected and has a great deal of interaction with the surrounding communities. Absolutely. East to the north, to the west. I mean, uh, Cedar City really is a, a, a hub mm-hmm. for that. And I did want to bring up another point, you know, talking about people's dreams being crushed when we're talking about the, the annexation. Um, you know, the engineers, they come in and they just, they just, they crush everyone's dreams when they start talking about, well, where's your infrastructure? Well, <laughs> right. do we have to talk about infrastructure? We can't just go grab, you know, all of the pieces that we want. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true thing. Well, the, the other side of that coin that I like to remind the engineers we work with and they love it is you can buy all kinds of stuff if you have money. You know, That's I mean, right. if there's really demand for whatever <laughs> Plunk down in this parcel of ground, they will pay to get the, you know, and eventually it it starts to go there. That said, Cedar City is very interesting. We have a graphic in the plan that I want to promote this towards the end. It shows the age of, the average age of the structure. And it's kind of this heat map. And it's so interesting. You've got the downtown core part of Cedar. And these are some of your older historic houses. And then just as the city grows, it's like it gets newer and newer. If you look at that map, and then as a planning nerd or an engineering nerd, we look underneath that map and say, wait, well, let's talk about the pipes. That's the nickname for the infrastructure. Some of the stuff in the town core is aging. The newer stuff has new infrastructure, but some of these are paid with impact fees, whereas, you know, the folks in the city core, what what do they get to do and how do they get to deal with it? These are things normal people, I call them normal people, non-planners don't usually think about, sorry. <laughs> they don't normally think that way, but that's what we're hoping that this plan can do two purposes. It's a plan, so the city knows, oh yeah, this is aging, we gotta take care of it. But it's also got an education component and we're not trying to write a book report on Cedar City, that's a big project. But we do wanna add a little bit of, of context at least so that some of these goals that might come out of it makes sense. You can kind of see where it comes from. That is a very well-made point. And as someone who has had to replace water and sewer lines in buildings in the middle of your city, I can tell you that the old clay pipes do not last forever. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) They do not. Well, Mike and Ryan, where tell us where are we right now in Cedar City's plan? What are the next steps coming at us? Do we have a projected end date? What's what's the the end goal here? As far as a projected end date, there's certain dominoes that have to follow because, like I said, it's a community written plan. So ultimately, if you start with the dominoes stop, I guess, the the city council is the elected body that they're going to say, this is our official plan at some point. Before that domino can hit, the one before that is the planning commission. And the planning commission has to make a recommendation. They have to have time to review it. And then they say, you know, we the planning commission, we've studied out the city with these folks and, uh, you know, here, dear city council, we think you should approve. So that's your second domino that has to go. We think that before it goes to the planning commission, because those are public hearings and, and folks don't typically like to go to the, we want to hold one more public event of some kind, an open house, a mapping workshop, or whatever we have to do. Let folks come in after they've had a chance to read a draft and say, my gosh, you guys totally hit it on the head because I'm sure they're going to drive out to say, or they might say, you missed this really critical spot. Uh, let's talk more about this one. We want to have that open house. Now, as far as date, that draft is, 
uh, within probably this week, next week, that it's ready to go to our steering committee. Now, steering committee, for those who don't know, is uh, is a shock troops. I guess some community members. Uh, we have what 15, 16 folks on there. Quite a bit. It, some city folks on there. Some normal people. Sorry, uh, <laughs> they're on. They need a chance to review it before we uh, say it's ready to go for the public. But uh, I don't think it's much. Well, I don't know, but I don't think that it's got much more uh, that needs to change in it. Um, the plan is, like I said, coming together. Um, some of the goals, we need some help refining those with city staff. We don't know exactly what grants they've gone for or whatever. We don't know some of those details. Got to give them some time. But I would think that uh, most public meetings don't happen very well in July, but by August, I would Did hope. Did we freeze up? Sorry? Okay. I, you guys froze up on my screen, but it must have been me. Oh, sorry. Shoot. So I don't know if you heard no, that. That's but basically, we were hoping that it could go to the Planning Commission in August and only because July is a hard time to get the public out, uh, you know, for planning meetings. Nobody wants to go inside in buildings in the middle <laughs> of the summer. They'd rather be outside. True. So that's Enjoying our fireworks on the plan. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. And I do want to just kind of emphasize we've been working on this thing for months and there's been a ton of public input. Um, flyers have gone out, postcards have gone out. I think there was um, information sent out in the water bill. There was websites that people could weigh in on and, and take surveys. So this has been a really heavy lift getting a lot of public input. So, and, and that's something that I, that I think you guys and the city and, and the steering committee need to, it, be commended for is really reaching out and getting that much community input. It's just that much more to kind of digest and sift through. And that's a, a, a big, big job. So if we're looking at kind of getting this through the process, maybe having another mapping open house, maybe another general open house to the planning commission by August, where I'll do my darndest to move it through and get <laughs> And part of the part of the reason I feel so strongly about this is we are being asked in planning commission and at city council to approve general plan changes right now to approve things that could could change the nature of the general plan and the zoning in this community pretty drastically. And so that's one of the things that I'm personally feeling sort of a sense of urgency about. But Ryan, to your point, you're right. You're not going to, if you, if you want community input, you have to ask for it when the community is going to respond and be available. Well, so, I don't know who would want to take a survey on their boat out at Lake Powell. I don't know why. <laughs> people, but, but. There's no service out there anyway, so. That's true. There's no water anywhere. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah, there's no water anyway. People just stay in town and they can go on our trails. Yeah. So, so Mike and Ryan, before we wrap up, what else do we need to know about the process, about our local plan? What's important to you guys that our community is aware of? And, and then what should our community do, you know, to kind of be aware of what this process is about? Well, I, I think the big thing that we've kind of heard and that we've discussed going through this plan is this isn't going to be a an end-all be-all plan that just every issue, every problem Cedar's ever had is solved in this magical plan that we have. We think a lot of it will be solved. And the, the main part of this plan, the thing that we focused on is that if, if it's a community-driven, public 
has as many chances as they can to have what they say. Uh, you're not going to have these meetings so often where you're changing the general plan and you're changing zoning and you're, because it's like, well, we just spent all this time and effort really understanding what's going to benefit the community. We've listened to the citizens. Uh, we don't need to change the plan so often because we just put all this effort making it to where we think Cedar is going to, going to benefit the most. So that's the big thing that I would, I would say. And then just as many chances as you can to, to have your voice heard, come, come and take our surveys, come to the public hearings. Um, we've been doing this for over six months now, probably. So, um, if you haven't heard about it, then you're probably under a rock somewhere or something. I don't know. But, um, um, like it's not going to be an end all be all, but come have your voice heard and uh, play a part in making Cedar a little better. That's great. And again, if people want to see what is happening and get updated on where we are in the process, it's cedarcityplan.org. And you can just take as long as you want on that site. And there's a ton of information there. So anything else we need to know, guys? No, I appreciate the opportunity no. <laughs> to get the word out again. That's what we were really trying to do is, uh, you know, let the public uh, come and tell us it's their community. Yeah. So we need them to own it and tell us where it's going to go. You know, everybody's property rights are, you know, sacred things, but um, we want to make sure we do the best good for the most people. So not a perfect plan, but hopefully puts you in a better position. I think it's definitely going to. I'm pretty tickled with with the progress that we've made in the conversations that have been happening. It's, it's pretty cool. So um, Mike Hansen and Ryan Robinson from Rural Community Consultants, thank you so much for your time. I know you guys are slammed and it's been just a treat to have you kind of take us through what this community needs to know about Cedar City's general plan. Thanks again. Thank, thank you. you. This has been the latest episode of Color Country Politics. I'm Jenny Hendricks with my silent partner, Jesse Harris. And we will see you soon. <laughs> see. You've been listening to Color Country Politics, a production in cooperation with Utah Politico Hub and graciously sponsored by Century 21 Prestige Realty at 121 North Main Street, Cedar City. Special thanks to Amoeba Crew for use of their song, Background Indie Rock, licensed under Creative Commons. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Also, check out our YouTube channel where we post video of our interviews. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website at www.colorcountrypolitics.com. <laughs>